Happy Monday from our soul to your soul. It's Keisha and Sabrina. Thank you for joining our Soul Sisters on the Run podcast. We just wanted to open our podcast with thoughts of gratitude. And today I am grateful for health. I'm so very blessed to, um, as far as I know, be in good health. And when so many people are being diagnosed with various diseases or just don't have functions of their limbs um, and incapable of uh, using their full body, um, is I'm just grateful to be able to have that ability on today. And I am grateful for life and also for people who come across our paths that inspire us. Um, on our first podcast, <clears throat> we would like to dedicate this episode to Dawn Davis Calhoun. She was a marathoner, a runner, a triathlete, and she recently passed of breast cancer. Um, those in the running community probably are know her, familiar with her, um, and her story, her story. She had been battling breast cancer for um, some years, I think since, uh, well, she came back. Um, 2015. Um, and I had met her at several triathlon events, but I had no idea that she was still um, battling breast cancer until this last year, 2019. But um, <clears throat> she inspired so many people and she continued to train, to race, to show up to races, even if she couldn't race, just to encourage and inspire other people. So we're dedicating this episode to her. Um, and that's what I'm grateful for. Um, the fact that I had a chance to meet her and be inspired by her um, and to know her story and to continue on and to let that help me help other people. So going into um, our next thing, we would like, like to, to share a running tip with you guys. Right. So it's not too soon to start running. You can definitely run in the winter. Mm -hmm. Just make sure you layer up. Exactly. And also if it's too cold, make sure you uh, wear Vaseline and keep your skin protected by covering your face as well. Always use the 20 degree rule. rule. <clears throat> so if it's 20 degrees outside, just know once you start running, your body temperature is gonna warm up 20 degrees. So you gotta ask yourself, can you run in 40 degree weather? Mm -hmm. Can you walk in 40 degree weather? Probably so. Uh, so even if you get out there and you start running a mile or e even a few blocks just to get some cardio in, mm -hmm. um, it definitely helps. It doesn't hurt to try. We're not trying to force it on you but don't be afraid to try it. Exactly. And be aware you're breathing too. It's a little harder to breathe in the winter. So just be prepared that your breathing, breathing might be a bit more labored, but that's part of the process. So go out, get some fresh air and enjoy it and become winter warriors. Like us. Exactly. And that goes into our disclaimer. So with this first podcast, and I'm sure podcasts to come, you will hear heavy breathing, Mm -hmm. and pitter-pattering of the feet. That is us running. Some days are better than others. Some <laughs> days we can barely catch our breath. 
i.e. from poor eating, heavy winds, too much clothes. Fatigue. <laughs> Fatigue. It all. We're normal. We go through we're, the same. We're normal. We've been doing it for right. years. But the beauty of running and us doing it is that it's always a challenge. And I think that's what keeps us coming back for more. But we are we also love to engage in, in conversation as well, which led us to create this podcast. So bear with us. Uh, we're working on it, working on our eating, uh, which leads into our, our first episode that we bring to you guys for the new year is how did we develop our eating habits? How did that start? And it started uh, with our family, with our parents. Mm-hmm. What in our maybe our social economic conditions that right. um, that factored into what we ate, how much we ate, um, and where we ate. So Gosh, we tradition, our culture, tradition, all of that cultures, plays a role uh, into just it. a lot of factors mm-hmm. that play into it. So we're gonna explore that today, or yeah, explore that today with some of the interviews that we have. One being with me, mm-hmm. and I would just like to put another disclaimer out there. <laughs> I am talking about my beautiful single mom, which I love very dearly, um, which did the best that she, the best that she could um, with our circumstances in providing uh, food for us. Um, it wasn't always the best scenario, but we ate. If you see mm-hmm. me, it doesn't look, it doesn't look like I ever missed a meal, um, <laughs> but it was how we ate. Um, And so that's what we're talking about today. And as we go into the new year and as we move forward, we want to make sure when we're providing these podcasts and these topics for you, that it is nourishing for your body, your body, mind and soul. So um, hopefully you guys get something from it and uh, you have some takeaways. Any thoughts, feel free to share with us as well. We hope you enjoy it. It's coming soon. Listen up. Did your parents influence your eating habits growing up? Uh, yes and no. Um, my mother was a single mom. And initially growing up, we lived with my grandmother. So she was the one that cooked all the meals for the whole house. Uh-huh. <laughs> and normally whatever she cooked would be, I wasn't healthy. <laughs> so like I, we would always have a big breakfast, biscuits, sausage, eggs, grits and dinner for the most part it never consists of like a lot of vegetables uh-huh. our main vegetable during the week well i would say was corn we did have protein like pinto beans and hot water cornbread on weeks that we were low on groceries. But on Sundays, which was when we would have leftovers sometimes for a couple of days during the week, she would make like fried chicken, <laughs> greens, 
baked mac and cheese, cornbread, just a good southern style meal. Right. But a lot of stuff was always made. I don't know if you remember the big tub of lard uh -huh. that everybody had on their kitchen table. But it was always made with lard. Okay. <laughs> Everything. Right. <laughs> uh, but after later on, like during junior high, my mom, when we moved, my mom really, again, she's a single parent. The only thing that she really had time to make was like frozen meals, which because we grew up around my grandmother, it would consist of like the frozen fried chicken. Right. <laughs> like that. She would duplicate what she, grandmother did, but it was frozen. Right. <laughs> frozen quick and easy. So, no one ever really sat down with me and talked about like food uh -huh. and how it impacted health. That was and on the flip side of things, my right. grandpa, my father's side, they all have diabetes. Oh, okay. But you would never know because it looked like a bakery. They oh. had every oh, all the sweets. <laughs> All the sweets. They had all the sweets. Any cake you, your heart desire. Pound cake, caramel cake, chocolate cake. <laughs> and <coughs> so they really were out of the confines of their dietary restrictions. Right. But the older I became, you know, as you become a teenager, you become body conscious <clears throat> with how you look and how you developing and weight and all that. I start looking and reading more about health myself and somewhat educating myself about what it means to be healthy and what is food. So, eating habits wasn't communicated growing up. It's just, your mom just learned. Y'all up for five today? Huh? Y'all up for five today? Peace, you had time? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's cool. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so, your mom just learned what your grandmother did, but like I said, she just did it no more. Scale back, economical. Less time consuming. What? Right. So, your eating habits now, how has it influenced you and your family today? Um, I think they're more, I'm trying to make them more conscious about the way they eat. Because uh -huh. my, husband has a lot of health conditions, blood, blood, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Um, that can all be helped by what he eats. Right. Now when I feed him, he's eating like a baked protein, fish, or even steak, or maybe I'll do a pork chop and vegetables. Uh -huh. Now when he's on his 
own. I'm not sure what he's doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. So, but I feel like they're conscious about what they're putting in their mouth. Uh-huh. I can speak to this when we initially got married. Again, because I still didn't know any better. Like I was saying, with hot pockets uh-huh. <laughs> for lunch. <laughs> right. I have to admit, I used to do that too. A lot of frozen stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, really didn't make a lot of home-cooked meals. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, as I, you know, read a little more and do more research, I make all my, most of my meals are made homemade. Right. And I engage my daughter by making her, or I don't want to say making her, by encouraging her to cook with me. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was my next question. How do you communicate, do you communicate eating habits with your family? Do y'all talk about it? Yeah. Yeah, so a lot, I used to do a lot of canned soups and canned stuff, but the sodium right in that is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> sodium, um, I try to go to the farmer's market and introduce new vegetables uh-huh. to the family. And again, to my daughter, if she eats them raw, she really likes them. Uh-huh. But then that's a bad thing when we're cooking. Right. Because then the ingredients <laughs> are all gone. Uh, well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but she knows the differences. And she'll have a diverse palate. Right. Because she's been exposed to different things. Uh-huh. And as a treat, like on the weekend, I let her indulge in, like, ice cream and sweets. But during the week, she know she has to monitor what she eats. Right. Okay. Let me just ask a couple demographic uh, questions. What's your ethnicity? African American. And your profession? Um, banking. And how many people are in your household? Three. And when you were growing up, how many people in your household? It was 17 people in a two-bedroom house. Wow. Wow. That's what I'm hearing from other participants. Large families. Yeah. So meals were based on really economics. Correct. So you make meals that are going to last. Right. And that will stretch. Exactly. <laughs> Feed everyone. Uh, did you go to college? Yes. And did your parent go to college? Uh, my mom started, but she didn't finish. Okay. My dad didn't. Okay. Okay. But that's really all the questions I have. Now, anything else you would like to add on or touch on that maybe I didn't? ask you about um i think we as a people and i'm not just talking about specifically african american people uh-huh. but in general 
to be more, even more so now than ever, conscious about what we're putting in our bodies, right? Considering all of the health conditions and diseases that seems to be popping up, in my opinion, out of nowhere. Right. <laughs> so, um, I hope that one day we can all come together and engage and lobby and our, po our politicians, uh, the FDA, the people that are responsible for being in control over what we consume and hold them accountable right. for what we're eating. Exactly. That's my two cents. Actually, that was the question I forgot to ask. But that was it. How do you think we can influence something? Well, it was specifically geared towards the African community and women. Yeah. Healthier eating habits. Yeah. So, uh, um, I think those conversations should be had even more so maybe at annuals with doctors. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> maybe going over statistics, discussing what they eat, what they consume. I can oh, go ahead. And possibly holding that patient, that person accountable and making them come back right. for a three month, six month follow up before the annual just to see if they implemented any suggestions that was recommended by that physician. But for us as women, black women especially, I feel it's an epidemic in terms of what we're able to consume because we appear to be the most at risk right. for a lot of these conditions. That's true. All right, first question. How did your parents address eating habits in your household? We didn't take, uh, eat your vegetables or all your food on your plate. We had to take a spoonful of car level. Oh, wow. That, yeah. I hadn't heard that before. Car level. Well, you didn't drink that? Are you going to eat all your food on your plate? I, had to, I just sat at the table until I I'm ate serious, it. That was my I couldn't aunt. go nowhere. That wasn't my mom. That was when he used to I used to stay over there in the summer, back in the day. What's your parents? What did your parents? My uh, parents. How did they enforce? What did they enforce? Well, we just grew up on vegetables anyway, so it, it wasn't really a problem for us growing up as far as the eating part and not um, being so selective, I mean, ain't going to serve back then. What about you, Doug? Well, um, my mother fixed breakfast for us every day, whether it was a school day or um, the weekend, and then we also ate as a family dinner, and so she always stressed the importance of, like, a balanced diet. Like, we weren't we didn't eat like sugar. Yeah. Like we didn't have sweets in the house. The only snacks we had were stuff like uh, fruit and granola and stuff like that. Right. Um, one thing, and, and this is stuck with me, I don't drink anything until I finish eating. Oh. But we weren't allowed to drink while you ate. And oh, she we was adamant either. about, you yeah. know, sitting down and having a meal. Right. Mm -hmm. So. 
What about you, Sita? Um, really, some of the same things that Doug said. Um, my parents would not let well, my mom would not let us drink anything um, until we finished. And then, um, and um, she would always say, you know, she always gave us the reason that, um, you know, if you drink something, then you won't finish a meal because you tend to get full once you, if you start drinking and eating at the same time. Um, also, at the, she would make us eat as a family um, and, um, you know, he cooked a lot. She um, had a garden, so she, um, yeah. So some, a lot of the vegetables that she got from the garden, she cooked. And see, our family, we, we cook a lot too. And we didn't grow up on the traditional breakfasts. So my granny and my mom, like, we was eating fried chicken, rice, and, and biscuits with healthy syrup in the morning. It's not the traditional pancakes and waffles and bacon and eggs. You know what I'm saying? You know, at that time, um, our parents worked and didn't stop by, you know, they didn't have to they'd stop by a, a fast food restaurant and, and go get dinner and but um they actually you know came home cooked got up that morning before they went to uh work cooked yeah, so that's a big did, difference didn't between a lot of fast food at all. yeah that's Even a big difference road. between yeah same thing it they would like, pack a pack a lunch yeah <laughs> hey i guess well, that's we a general because we well, I just think, don't think we ate out as much back then like we do now. We always kept food. You know, we ate out on like birthdays. Birthdays, yeah. yeah. And even a lot of birthdays, my mother would be like, what, what meal do you want? Right. Like for okay. mine, I like shrimp. Me so too. So she would always, Red lobster. you know, yeah, sure. pick, no, she would stain some shrimp. Oh, okay. Yeah, or, um, fry some shrimp. Yep, we, that's how we were. In fact, I cried over Red Lobster one year. <laughs> So, yeah. That was our spot. That was my dad's spot. We my went day, to yeah. Red Lobster for everybody's birthday every year. Yep, that's what's going on. Me too. That was my, I don't know if it was if Red Lobster was more acceptable to. It was nicer back then. Uh, I don't know, but back then, you know, of course, you, know, you guys had options as far as like. And the funny thing, the birthday that I cried over not getting Red Lobster, uh, they had a big tray catered for my uncle's restaurant. He owned a seafood restaurant. And it was all, I mean, it was a tray like this. Right. Like, oh, I had my hands on the first look when you guys were right. But anyway, uh, when I did the package tray. Let me see. Like, it just sounded like it was like this big. So did it like did your parents actually talk about nutrition or eating yes. healthy as a family? Well, so you know my mother being a physician, okay. and they actually my parents uh, actually hosted like community events oh, really? on health and wellness, mm. oh. and so they would even have speakers come in and talk about nutrition. So not only did they talk about it with us in the home, we went to things like outside. Like we went to Big uh, Gregory used to have a. Um, I don't want to call it a fat farm, but that's what I'm calling it, I guess. A healthy living resort. How about that? Okay. <laughs> so we went there too, and you know, so yeah. Okay. That's cool. I know. I 
So did you all, did your parents, any of your parents influence your eating habits? Like, would you say, or have you veered? They did, but you veered because like we can now, just everything's so different. We, you know, I mean, are we still in, still? Something, you know, um, yeah. I veered. Balance oh, meal, yeah, right? So we'll say that that kind of stuck. Like, you know, she was, you know, she, yeah, so she was ahead of her time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mother was fasting and juicing in the 80s when you had to have, like, a big, expensive juicer. Cause that's, right. You know, now, you know, you got you can find a $30 juicer. But back then, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, well, it's kind of the same course. Now as an adult, what did you learn from your childhood regarding your eating habits that carried into your adult life? So what are you still doing? One thing I, I do, uh, <coughs> the heat or the AC? You cold? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Doug. Okay. I mean, the one thing uh, that I go back to sometimes, if I know if I'm feeling down or sluggish or whatever, certain things to eat or to juice. And my mother was big on, um, and I don't know if this ties into it, uh, like herbal remedies. Mm-hmm. So natural remedies. So a lot of times when I'm not feeling well, I'll eat those sort of things or make juices or yeah. Like I'll probably detox next week. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm detoxing for sure. So where did you learn about eating healthy eating habits? From my mommy. My mom. My, mom, uh, my granny. Your mom yeah. too, Sheeta? Yeah, grandmother, mother, and grandmother. And then outside oh, influences as well. Um, you know, and my aunts. I just say family. The ladies of the family. Mm-hmm. I would just say my mother. Because a lot of, if I want to say healthy. Because my grandmother, if she's fixing breakfast, you're going to have ham, bacon, sausage, all in the same meal. <laughs> yeah. We had a whole, <laughs> That's like we a had a whole meal. smorgasbord yeah. on breakfast time. Yeah. Though. Homemade biscuits. And you might even have some spam. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, um, so like what you're trying to be healthy now, do you feel like you're getting support from your family, from your husband or sisters, brothers? Do you all like encourage each other? My family support? I, my sister and I encourage each other. And my dad too. I think now, you know, back then with males, they just, like with my dad, whatever my mom cooked, yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, if you try to cook a different type of vegetables for men, 
besides corn <laughs> or, or straight beans, right. they're not going to eat it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, I think it's huge um, difference in the men, yeah, male eating habits from, you know, black men. Okay. These are demographic There wasn't questions. any kickback. Whatever your parents put on the table, you ate. You ate. Whereas now, children, you know, if we allow this, I think well, we that's allow true. this, um, they won't eat it. Uh, and if they don't eat it, you'll go to a restaurant, well, go to a fast food restaurant, that's what I used to do. Or cook chicken nuggets instead. I would mm-hmm. cook chicken nuggets for my son instead of making him eat. Why is that? Um... I did the same thing. I did it too. I mean, no, I, I just want, I just want to know why is it? Because it's like I feel like, and that's why, like when I look at my sister, that's why I'm trying to understand. I'm not right. judging, mm-hmm. right? You know, like you said, when we grew up, you the, on the table, you ate it uh-huh. or you didn't eat, right? You know, or, or there was some kind of consequence for not eating, right? You right. know, but now, like I said, I do see where it's like parents are saying, "Oh, okay, Johnny, you don't want to eat this, so I'm gonna fix you this," or right. I'm going to take you out to eat. You know what I mean? So right. it's just like, I think it's in control. Several right. factors. One, we, we give them more privilege. But then two, it's kind of, honestly, it's kind of a relief. Like, okay, well, I'm just going to get something. Okay, well, yeah, it's I'm easier go to go to, to drive through and get something than having to cook. Yeah. yeah. So, well, then, what, so yeah, it's... it's and then you don't want to gauge in that power struggle, that struggle trying to get... Yeah. Because if they come, grow up like finicky eaters anyway, you're trying to do something to get something in, in, in their system. But that I guess sense? my question is, really, it's like if something worked for you right. and right. how you were raised... Why did we why not stress it? Yeah. Because like I said, with the power show, I'm sure they had... And maybe I, I get I get it if you talk about the convenience. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to eat spinach or broken sprouts or anything like that, but... We were afraid of our parents, yeah. more, I think, too. I think, so, yeah. <clears throat> whatever it is, we didn't question. question. We didn't question them. Question. And I don't know, it's a generational <coughs> it's thing. different. Uh, with the kids. Now, I do have, uh, to mention my cousin, her, she made her kids eat whatever she cooked. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not kidding. Know. Right. So now, they can eat they, whatever, you know, like, uh, the family, my mom cooks, or we have a family. But they will eat everything. They eat the greens. They'll eat the, um, you know, uh, turkey dressing. They eat everything. Whereas my son, like, uh, I'll just take the turkey. I might add sweet potato. They're very picky. Um, I, and I think that I, I caused him to be that way because, you know, he was so selective in what he wanted to eat. Chicken nuggets. I think they were every single mm-hmm. Um now, but our generation. I ain't um, taking that one. I don't and it might be a power struggle. Okay, that's what you want to eat. Okay, fine. I don't know. That's, a, that's a good question. Okay, um, next mm-hmm. question. How important is it to educate and communicate the importance of healthy eating habits with your family? Mm-hmm. Four more questions. Do, I mean, do you feel like, do you feel it's your responsibility? It is my responsibility, but I didn't do it. I, I stress the vegetables and stuff. That's why meals. So do you feel like you're vegetables. just doing what you, you're cooking the way your parents cook? You just, no. you just doing what's convenient, like, well, what's convenient for you? Like what we just discussed. Um, I think, well, with me, I worked night shift while my mouth was growing up. Mm. So 
It was convenience. Yeah, it was convenient for me to whatever you know if you wanted to you know whatever you wanted to eat. Uh, I was <coughs> introduced. Um, and I don't know uh, a lot of vegetables. Mm. Just made with corn. Okay. Um, so do any do any of you all communicate now with your family or your kids? As far as, as, far as healthy eating habits, like okay, this is what we should we should be doing this. So you talk about it. We still do it now. Yeah. You talk about it. You know, the older we get, you know, mm -hmm. even when they're in college now, we still stress it. Um, she comes home, she's like a health fanatic anyway. Now, I, I, I don't know where she got it from. I mean, because my sister. Um, she had, uh, what is it? Uh, it's like a, oh, intracranial hypertension. Hmm. And her doctor had told her, like, what are side effects is going blind? Hmm. And so the doctor told her she had to lose, like, 50 pounds. And she called me. She was like, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, 50 pounds, that's a lie. I can't do it. I can't do it. I said, oh, but you can't go blind, though. Nice. And she was like, wow, you're going to put it like that? I said, you just said the doctor said, the doctor if you don't lose 50 pounds, you can go blind. Right. What I mean, to me, the easier thing to do would be to change your eating, your eating habits right. and try to avoid going blind. Right. I mean, and I got to give it to her. She she did it. And the funny thing is, is I, I can tell my sister and talk to people about, like, what's what you should be doing. Mm -hmm. And then I'll and then do it. Right. <laughs> then right. we all short of doing the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, but so it is helpful. And I've told her too. I said, just like I encourage you, I need you to encourage me. Right. So, but yeah, we, we all we need help. Like the guy downstairs said, we all need support. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We can't do it by ourselves. Yeah. Okay. How do you, this kind of leads into this question. How do you think African-American women can change the narrative and perception of healthy even eating habits and proper nutrition within the African-American culture? being more uh accepting of we don't have to do things the way some of our ancestors did things exactly. like if we know that a lot of fried food is killing us we know yeah. that fast food is killing us and pork, pork is killing us you know so it's like we need to do a better job of uh i guess discussing with others whether it's our family mm -hmm. our friends or whatever Mm -hmm. about healthy mm -hmm. habits and be an example because I know yeah, sometimes when I, I see people like, like Sabrina or like Randy. I said, Randy B talking about she doing Pilates you know sometimes that's right. just encouraging like yeah. make you want to do sort of things and when she but said yeah. that you know because I has I stopped really posting you know, oh, no, a please. lot of stuff about my runs but then when you hear people say oh that's inspiring it's it like because I feel like I, I stopped because I feel like it was kind of vain and it's like, okay. No, it's one of the main posts out there. And I don't, like, when certain people just post about their hair and stuff. Or yeah, they yeah, in the workout room. I see it all the time when I'm at LA Fitness. You just went in the sauna. Can't, just walked in the door, go in the sauna oh, for five well, minutes, get a good that. sweat. And they like this. Yeah, oh wow! Five minutes. They do from it the all the time. <laughs> I see them do it, but and I ain't never seen them come like from that. the sauna. Yes, baby. Wow. Yeah. That's they hilarious. do it all the time. It's just, yeah. It's, it's misleading. <laughs> it's deception. Yeah. It's a lot of people that do that. I, I didn't even know. But for me, it's not necessarily even. You could, to me, you could tell us when it's genuine. Like for you, mm -hmm. I, I know you. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Ain't nobody gonna be out run, going to the snow plus, to take a picture and work out. <laughs> you and your dog, you are actually at the events. Yeah. You see her running. You got her her uniform and yeah. her whole kid and caboodle. You see. I mean, saying? I know some friends that go to the gym and that you know you see their results too. Yeah. Right. So it's like I know that that's what they're actually right. doing, and it's like Ted. You know, yeah. even yeah. Ted. You know, posting that right. we knew how Ted was before. Right. So you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. so you know, and like I said, just Randy just posting pic, and I know some people. Look at it's perception. Some yeah. people are gonna look at certain posts and gonna think one way. Some right. people's gonna think something. So I think you ought to just post what you want to post. And like I, I said, when you get feedback nobody. that it's motivating others, right. then even if it's just that ten percent, you right. know, you like, helping somebody. What's that, what's that yeah. uh, gospel song? If I could just help. That's what I'm about. Right. One of y'all. One of y'all. Okay. I know this word is Sabrina, you gotta be like, be you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Don't, yeah. you know, let that, let nobody take your joy away from you. And I think that's part of, because me and Walter was talking about that. He was asking what I want to do with my degree. And I want to teach, because I was, I just feel like we don't know how to be practical when it comes to eating. We can work out and then we'll see results, but we don't change our eating habits, then we gain all the way back. Right, right. Welcome back. We hope you enjoyed the interviews. We hope you learned something from it and gained some new techniques or just um, insights on how to move forward to live a healthier lifestyle. Just to give you a little background, um, like we stated, that was Keisha's perspective. Also, the other ladies, uh, one was a co-worker of mine and uh, three of them were college classmates. We all went to Tuskegee University. Shout out to Tuskegee. And I had to interview them for a project. So these interviews came from a school project. I'm working on my master's in communication. And I did a quantitative research method paper on parental influence on eating habits. So that's how this all came about. Um, so we hope you enjoyed it, learned something from it, um, and you're able to take a deeper look on what you intake daily and how to improve on that. And also consider where it came from our cultural traditional background and how we need to retrain our minds um, and our taste buds to live healthier lifestyles so we want to thank you thank you for listening thank you for supporting us um make sure you share 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 yes, share yes, this yes. podcast please share it and again if you have any questions need any resources on how to jumpstart your year definitely reach out to us through social media or at our email address soulsistersontherun at gmail.com and from our soul, soul to, to your, your soul, soul have a fabulous day absolutely